0: Hello and welcome to the Hoff Podcast. I'm Daniel Turner, the pastor of the Tyler House of Faith. We take these messages from our weekly services and then release them here on our podcast channel for you. We hope you dig it. All right, so let's skip to the point today. The point of today's message is this. It is that everything you go through is meant to manifest the glory of God in the world. I'll even say that everything you go through is meant to manifest the goodness of God to you, in you, and through you to the rest of the world. It's really true. The billboard children, the poster kids, the living epistles or letters of God's goodness, His plans and purpose. And that even means the tough things we go through. It's not just all the successes we have which are meant to point to him as well. But even the tough things we go through. I like 2 Corinthians 2:14 says, "Thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ, and diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place." Yeah. In other words, our lives are are this analogy of that they are setting this aroma loose in the world that people can smell and feel and sense the person of their true father beckoning to them, you know. And the key to this reality, you know, is the fear of the Lord. It is the fear of the Lord. And that's something we talked a little bit about last week. I'll continue. But the way I describe the fear of the Lord, like the way I put it, is the fear of the Lord is God-consciousness. It is um, God awareness. It is the reality that He never leaves you nor forsakes you. That He's always there. And that He's for you. Um, I think a lot of times when trials come to people, um, they feel the exact opposite. They feel totally alone and isolated and overwhelmed. All fear and anxiety is like overwhelmed. I, I can't deal with it. I don't know how. I need to just cope and hope the storm passes <laughs> I need to self medicate, but in reality, the opposite of the fear of the Lord is actually fear and fear the fear of the Lord is the answer yeah. Yeah. it is it is the place we abide. I was reading this week um, isaiah eleven and it 's something i it 's a passage that I love because it literally talks about us as Christians, but it talks about the Messiah when Nobody knew who he was going to be, what he's going to look like, but they understood that, that there was these prophecies in the Old Testament that, that foretold this messianic king. And the one in Isaiah 11 says that there's going to um, come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch will grow out of his roots. Now, that's obviously, we know this is the lineage of the King David. His dad was Jesse. But then it prophesies about this messianic king, Isaiah does, and it says in verse 2 the spirit of the lord shall rest upon him the spirit of wisdom and understanding of counsel and of might of knowledge and of the fear of the lord and so you have this seven sevenfold list and you know the jews would understand this like that the menorah that's seven the candle with the seven flames that was lit in the tabernacle so that the priest could see the showbread in order to eat the illuminated word of god by the holy spirit um but the very Spirit of the Lord, which was like the person of God, the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament. Then wisdom and understanding, counsel and might, knowledge and fear of the Lord. So these, these sevenfold, the sevenfold Spirit of God, as we have like in the book of Revelation, would all be upon one person. But I love what it says in verse 2. It says that the Spirit of the Lord would rest upon Him. And see, this is something... Yeah, we understand, like in the book of John, like dreadlock John the Baptist is like eating locusts dressed up in like a camel skin garment with a leather belt around his waist. But he was anointed with the Holy Spirit inside of his mom's womb as a baby. That was the prophecy that Gabriel come and told his dad in the temple, Zechariah. And um, this was not something people knew about. Because in the Old Testament, the, the anointing of the Holy Spirit or the, the, the hand of the Lord would come upon or the Spirit of the Lord would come upon the prophets and the judges. The judges, the people that did, they were like X-Men, they would do these incredible exploits like Samson and many other ones. The prophets, the hand of the Lord or the Spirit of the Lord would come upon them and they would prophesy and they would write these words. They would be moved by him to articulate these prophetic utterances and writings. Or another dreadlock, Ezekiel got pulled up by the hand of the Lord by his dreadlocks into the second heaven was seeing what was going on behind the scenes you have all these weird things where the spirit of the Lord would come upon people but this prophecy from Gabriel in in the book of Luke's like the Holy Spirit's going to come upon him even while he's inside of his mom in his mom's belly you know and so John the Baptist first meets Jesus when they're both inside their mom's womb as, as strange as that sounds and he starts leaping for joy in John 1 33, you know what I mean? And it was this sign is like, hey, he knows on the inside, like this thing is very real. You know. But John the Baptist also, there's something that John the Baptist said, and I'm sorry, in, in John 133, because that story's in Luke of him jumping, but in John 133, he says, I didn't know him, but he was but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me. In other words, God spoke to me and told me this. Whomever you see the Spirit descending on and remaining on Him, He's the one who's going to baptize people with the Holy Spirit. Like there was this distinction of the Holy Spirit which would come upon or anoint the prophets of old. But even John the Baptist recognized that when he's baptizing, God's told him like, hey, the Messiah's going to show up, and you'll know it's Him because you'll see the Holy Spirit come upon him and, and make His home there, remain there he'll live there remember this theme we've been talking about what it means to truly abide in the Lord yeah. to live in this reality yeah. because New Testament Christianity and they did not know this was coming John apparently had a heads up because he knew he would baptize with the Holy Spirit but New Testament Christianity Christianity was was literally about the Holy Spirit would come upon people but he would stay with them and live with them and inside of them yeah and this was this reality But when you look back, and it is the fear of the Lord, when you look back at Isaiah 11, where it says the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Spirit of wisdom, understanding counsel, might knowledge. But there it is again, the Spirit of the Lord will rest upon him. And I looked at it this week, and I've taught this scripture probably a dozen times, maybe more. Um, But that word rest right there is the same word from Genesis 2.15, where it says the Lord God took the man took Adam, which he called Adam any of Adam, to be honest, but he took the man and he put him in the Garden of Eden in order to work and to keep it. But that word, like, to put him in it, like, he rested him in it. And so it's the same, the same way, like, he placed Adam to abide and live in this heavenly garden that was on the earth. The Spirit of God was prophesied that he's going to do the same thing, but he's going to do it on mankind. The Holy Spirit was going to come and will rest, will live upon, and he'll make his dwelling upon this one. And, yeah, there's, there's something so profound to that reality. You know what I mean? In the same way that man was set in this place of authority in the garden to be fruitful and to multiply and subdue the earth, which was a, a military term, subdue the earth. Like, everything that was dark was supposed to yield, be yielded to mankind since Genesis 1, 2 and 3. Um... But man dropped the ball and he gave his authority over to the enemy. Now God has come and he's chosen to rest upon man and take back all of that authority, place it into his hand and give him the original mandate back, which was to be fruitful, multiply and subdue the entire place. But I love that reality because there's something to abiding in the Lord and choosing to remain in him in all things that we go through. That is also totally in step with the point of today. That everything that we go through is meant to manifest the glory of God. Even the negative things, or the hard things, the things we—they're meant to be—they're allowed to happen so that we will manifest the goodness of God. We will flip even the things that the enemy designs for your life. That happens to you, you will be able to flip it to where it manifests the exact opposite of what was intended against you, and it will be a post, a, a billboard of the goodness of God through your life. It's a beautiful thing. And it's funny. So you have this prophecy about this king that the sevenfold spirit of God is going to be upon. The spirit is going to rest upon him. It's going to live on him. The spirit of his person, of wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, the fear of the Lord. And it even tags on at the very end of that, his delight is in the fear of the Lord. And he won't judge by the sight of his eyes nor decide by the hearing of his ears. And it's like this, like, man... We think about the fear of God. I'm going to put the fear of God in you, boy. You heard that saying before? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But that sounds like a threatening tactic. Or I'm going to prove that you're going to go to hell if you don't straighten yourself up. Or whatever, you know, whatever it could be. Yeah. But this says that the Messiah is going to walk around and His favorite aspect, His delight, the delight that He has in the Spirit, is the fear of the Lord. That's going to be his, the delight of His heart. Yeah. Does that mean the Son walked around afraid of the Father? Kind of ducking like, oh, snap, you know what I mean? I hope I'm not making you mad, you know what I'm saying? No, 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 that's, that's what the, the poisonous fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil made us think that God was sometimes a good cop and sometimes bad cop, and I hope he's not going to throw a lightning bolt at me today, but hopefully it's General Jesus and the mandals today. You know, all, all these little twisted things. And the reality, reality was his delight was in the fear of the Lord, because guess what? The fear of the Lord is God consciousness. It is God awareness. It is understand that you're never going to leave me nor forsake me. You're always with me. You're always for me. Even when I go through trials. That's why his half-brother James is writing stuff like, hey, rejoice when you go through various trials. It's like, what? Peter's over, Peter, First Peter 4.12, he's like, hey, don't be surprised at the fiery trial that besets you. This is going to work something incredible in you. It's like, how could you be happy when you have to go through drama or when you have to go through pain or fear or pressure? Because if you're God conscious and you know that He's with you in it, you know that He's walking you through it because He's adding something to you. Yes. Yes. But when you're fear conscious and you're afraid, you feel isolated and alone and it feels like the whole world's going to just cru- gonna crush your head. You know what I mean? And those two things are polar opposites. But the delight of God is in, that, is in the fear of God. And it's this, it's this, this under, understanding that everything... Is about abiding in the Lord everything is about learning to come to him in all things that was the word for last week come to me you know what I mean it was like the aim the 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 point the reality is is David is is like if I'm if I'm sitting by in the green grass next to still waters life is good but even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I'm still not going to be afraid because you're actually with me. God consciousness. I'm conscious of the fact that no matter what the circumstances, like, hey, you're going to flip this thing on its head. Even if I'm feeling all the emotions of walking through this, I can choose by faith to lean into you, this reality. And so then David writes these, these, these passages with this in mind, and he teaches us the fear of the Lord, right? I think we did a lot of that last week. The, the Psalm 34 is like, The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. Psalm 34, 7. The reality of the encampment of God being all the way around you at all times is the fear of the Lord. The consciousness that the angel of the Lord, the person of God himself, is always with you, that is the fear of the Lord. And he says, oh, taste and see that he is good. Experience this reality for yourself. No matter where you're at, what you're dealing with, what you're going through, there is no want to those who fear Him. Everything we go through in life is designed for us to see past the matrix, the plastic reality that we find ourselves in, into the eternal realm of this kingdom and the finished work that He's accomplished for us so that we actually connect to that reality by faith and manifest it in the world. And that's evangelism. Evangelism is not repent, Because you're going to hell, you're a sinner. It's like it's it's being a poster child for God and saying, Hey, this is for you as well. All you gotta do is change your mind and walk this way. People should actually want what we have instead of us having to try to scare them to join our club. One of those is the design of Christianity, of the Lord. The other one is the system of religion. You know what I mean? But it's like the enemy is a terrorist. You know what i mean and so he uses fear to steer people and he uses fear to cause people to contort their identity in order to feel safe whereas god doesn't use fear to lead at all the fear of god is like hey i'm with you i am for you i have forgiven you it is free it is freely given to you the inheritance is here for you and if you're not experiencing that Then change your mind and come to my direction, which is repentance. And it sounds too good to be true, but it's actually the good news, you know, but the whole system of the world is literally run off of fear because there's principalities and powers that, that are behind the scenes, puppeting the whole thing. And it sounds like, you know, some QAnon or Illuminati stuff, but it's not that at all. You know what I mean? It's just the Bible. It's just Hebrews 11, it says, By faith we understand that the worlds, the planets, the natural realm was framed by the word of God and that which we can see was made by that which is unseen. There's an an unseen reality that is the kingdom of heaven behind the scenes that when we live with 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 our eyes focused there in that reality and choosing to abide in Him in all of our situations, which is the fruit in the nature, not to compromise our true identity which we see in Him, in, in living with that kingdom first mentality, the things we need in this life, they work out for us. Luke 12, 31, Matthew 6, 33 is like, I mean, he comes always almost like a broken record speaking this very similar message. The kingdom of heaven is like bang, 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 bang. How many def- different things did he give us the analogy? Because he was trying to drill it in. You're not really from here. You're not, you live here. You're made of the dust of this place. But the essence of who you truly are is actually from me, and it's far more real than any of this. I'll tell you who I think is a good, a good, um, and I'll do it really fast. Even like a good analogy of living in this world, but not bowing to fear and having our identity like uh, changed into somebody we're not is basically Daniel and his three friends. Shadme- they ended up becoming named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, which even that is kind of funny because that's not their real name. You know, it's like they had, they had Hebrew names, Hananiah, Mishael, and, and Azariah, and they, they named them Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Daniel's three buddies. Um, but it's that, if you, can, if you can see it this way, Babylon all the way even in its, the symbolism of the, book of revelation when babylon really didn't exist anymore but it's like it is this picture of the of the success of the world that's air quotes success if you listen to this podcast wise but it's like of success the systems of this world the way things work the way things are supposed to be and it's all driven by fear and um these three guys shadrach meshach and abednego along with daniel they didn't defile themselves with the delicacies of babylon like they, they kept themselves devout even though that Israel was taken away captive and placed in Babylon um, they, didn't, they didn't conform to that culture their culture in their mind first was kingdom first you know I mean Daniel was like at this point in this story like Daniel was like the chief of the magicians he was like the head psychic the head astrologer which is so hilarious to me you know what I mean this Christian guy that followed the Lord. And um, it's where the wise men learned astrology to find Jesus, you know, hundreds of years later. But anyhow, but Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, if, if you know the story in Daniel 3, King Nebuchadnezzar makes this massive image of gold. It was 60 cubits high and 6, uh, and, and six cubits wide. And he set it up in, in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. And so he basically makes this decree through all the leaders that, Whenever they hear the sound of their musicians, the horn, flute, harp, lyre, all this stuff, it's music and worship. Whoever doesn't fall down in worship was going to be cast immediately into a fiery furnace. So, okay, so sounds like it's interesting. You know what I mean? I've created this massive gold idol that was sy- symbolic of the principality power, God, deity, whatever that they had in that region or one of them. And um, I wanted. He wanted all people's focus to be into it, and to worship it, whenever the special music and stuff was played. Um, so everybody, of course, followed suit in that system, and they and they, um, they did that. They did that. They were obedient. But it says at this time there were certain Jews, and it was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that refused to bow down to it, and so some of the Chaldeans, some of the Babylonians came to the king and said, hey, some of those guys, I know you got favor on these guys. They have positions around here now because of some cool stuff that happened in the first couple chapters. Um, you've set them in positions over the affairs of Babylon, but they will not serve your gods and they don't bow to that image that you set up. And it says Nebuchadnezzar went into a rage over it. Irr- you know, irrational but obviously spiritual. So Nebuchadnezzar in verse 14 of Daniel 3, he comes to him and said, hey listen man, I hear you're not worshipping my gods or the image which I've set up. Now if you're ready at the time when they play this music the sound of the horn, the lyre, the psaltery, all, all these different things, if you don't worship you're going to be cast immediately into the burning fire and furnace. And who is the God who's going to be able to deliver you from my hands? So Shadrach Meshach and Abednego answered and said to the king one of the most gangster things you're going to hear in the Bible or at least today they said if that's the case our God whom we serve is going to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us from your hand O king that's like Luke Skywalker yelling at Jabba the Hutt you know know what I'm talking about that one scene Han Solo anybody know what I'm talking about entertain me a little bit, you know, It's just like what does he call him? you slimy worm ridden filth, you'll get no such pleasure from us, something like that, anyways okay, return of the Jedi, nothing, whatever so they, he basically says, yeah king, you, you're not going to get that from us, our God is going to take care of us that's bold but in the verse 18, in verse 18 he says, but if not let it be known that we will not serve your God's nor will we worship that golden image which you've set up. So it's so funny, like, we're not going to, and our God's going to bail us out, o, o king. And if he doesn't bail us out, we're still not going to do it. You know? <laughs> it's like, I don't, I don't care. It says, Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and the expression on his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And he spoke and he commanded that the furnace be heated seven times more than it was usually heated. So he cranked it up times seven. Obviously quite symbolic. Yeah boy. What did we just talk about? Isaiah 11. These seven. Zechariah 4. The seven eyes that are upon the stone. It was all prophecy of this. The seven. The fullness of God's spirit being on the Messiah. And in all mankind after him. Yeah. Romans 8 calls Jesus the firstborn of many brethren. So Jesus is the son of God, the firstborn of many brethren, and he was God in the flesh. All of these things, but it means he was demonstrating what it looks like for us to walk in this reality where God is never absent from us. He's in us. Absence of God, separation from God, it is all a lie, Colossians 1, 19, 20, and 21. It was only in the mind. You cannot be separate from God. You can be separate from the will of God in your own choices and separate yourself from God, but you cannot be separate from the omnipresent God. Amen. And he's always there. Amen. He's, a, he's one thought away to walking his path, which is what repentance is. It's a turn. Never leaves. Never leaves. So they cranked, the, cranked it up seven times. You know, it's like, it's like, do they got a stone? Like, how do you know it seven times? You know what I'm saying? Come on now. But, you know, but they did. It's written there for a reason. It says, therefore, they bound the men in their coats and their trousers and their turbans and the other garments, and they cast them into the fire. So it must have been fairly cool outside because they were wearing all kind of clothes. Babylonian garments, fancy stuff because they were promoted in that region. It says, but because the command of the king was so urgent and the furnace was exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed the people that actually took them up and threw them in. And it says the people that threw them in, he called the mighty men. In other words, he called some of his champions to grab a hold of these guys. Some of his military monster champions. His navy seals, whatever you want to call it mighty men of valor to actually grab a hold of these three and it actually killed them because it was the fire was going so crazy we think of this stuff like a little bible story and it's like this ain't a bonfire at the youth group picnic you know what i'm saying this is a furnace in in a high technical babylonian system that's probably as probably as big as this building you know what i mean it's probably or at least maybe a thousand two thousand square foot you know what i'm saying it's something just it's probably like an altar or something. They, they sacrifice stuff to their demonic gods, you know, when we think about this stuff. And just, they had it cranked up so high that the mighty men that was bounding, binding these guys to get them in were actually burnt up by it. But it says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego got thrown into the midst of the furnace with their hands and feet tied up. So they were just like thrown in there. Verse 24, it says, Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and he rose in haste and spoke to his counselor saying, did we not cast three men into the fire? I see four men loose. Walking. He hogtied them and threw them in there. You know? Walking in the midst of the fire and they're not hurt and the fourth of them is like the, like the son of God. It's like that's an interesting name to call him for a Babylonian worldly king. It says, Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and shouted into him, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, servants of the most high, come on out, come out here. And they came out of the midst of the fire, they walked out. You know. And the satraps, administrators, kings, governors, counselors, all gathered together and they saw these men whose body the fire had no power. The hair of their head was not singed, nor were their garments affected, By the, the smell of fire was not in them. It's like, golly, look at that. I mean, if I even sit next to a fire for a few minutes, you walk in and smell like cigarette smoke. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh man, I got to change my shirt. You know what I'm saying? Like these guys come in in these thick garments and all this stuff that they're wearing, and it's like, not only were they not singed, but they didn't even smell like fire. They were, Their being was was, if you can see it, literally one with that fire to where it, it, it could not even connect to them, in a sense. The only thing that got burnt was, this, was the mighty men that threw them in and all the stuff they used to tie them up. It's like, imagine getting thrown, it's like when John got dipped in the oil, right? Imagine getting thrown in that thing, hog-tied and thrown, and they're, they're throwing you in it and trying to run out the face of it, and it's so hot that it's killing them. And you're laying on the floor, like, oh, and then, you know, that, that, that little rope run you, on your wrists and your feet starts to snap. It starts to, and it's on fire, but it doesn't hurt you. And you're standing up, and guess who's in there? Jesus' is in there. The Son of God's in there. The I Am's in there. You know what I mean? It's like the trials that we go through cause us to come close to the Lord. Yeah man. Anytime we choose to walk by faith. It's interesting, like if I can look back there, that Psalm thirty four, there's one thing that I like concerning trials when he's talking about the fear of the Lord um, the whole time. But he talks about the Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves those who have the contrite the humble spirit. In Psalm 34, 18. It's like, yeah, that's the thing. It's not that he's more near to somebody whose heart gets broke. But it's like when our hearts break, we're sensitive to that. We can be sensitive to that fact because people draw near to him in that reality. And it causes their life to turn. Yeah. And then they look back once they're healed and hold of the thing. And they're just like, dang, I'm actually thankful that I went through that. Because now I'm walking in something different. With someone different. He was here the whole time, and I wasn't leaning on him. I wasn't knowing him the way I had the privilege of knowing him. And whoo, goodness, so thankful I went through that. You know, I looked I look back at stuff that I went through that was hecka painful and, and humiliating. And at the time, I was like, I cannot believe this. And now it's just like, wow, I, would, I literally would not change the public humiliation and the failure and the rejection that I received. It was like... I, like, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have changed it because I wouldn't have had what I have. Because that's what Shadrach and Meshach, do you think they regretted getting thrown in there? No. They're the firemen now. You know? Their head wasn't singed. So Nebuchadnezzar being the religious you know, controller that he is. Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel with the capital A. Like, he's all on the theology of who Jesus is, the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament. It's really great. And delivered his servants who trusted in him, who trusted in him. Say, La. Trusting in the Lord through everything we go through is, is the key. His, his servants who trusted in him, for they have frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies that they should not serve any God except for their own God. Therefore, I make a decree that nobody can speak bad about their God or else I'll burn their houses to to a heap. It's like, like, easy, buddy. You you, You have to take it that way all the time, but he's just a pagan, you know? Verse 30, Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Everything, promotion, right? That's how it worked this time. You know? They weren't like, you know, this wasn't a pecking order. They weren't competing to who who had the best this or that. They just were were choosing to serve God and be loyal to Him and choosing to abide and live in Him. And by choosing not to violate that reality, they were promoted in Babylon, in in the real world. Yeah. Choosing integrity. Choosing honesty. Choosing to walk in wholeness and healing. Walk the way of the Lord. Walk in the way of our true nature. Jesus, what did he say? John 15, abide in me and I'm in you. You know what I'm saying? If you don't abide in me, you can't bear fruit. But if you do, you'll, you'll bear much fruit. And pruning will still come, but it's so you'll bear more fruit. So even when you feel you're getting cut back, it's not a spanking. It's like, hey, I want to grow you even more. But don't cut that lamp. You know what I mean? <laughs> God cleans his house with a flamethrower. We use we use a windex. <laughs> he uses matches. He likes that he likes that the fireman he, he uses all that heat, you know? Because everything that burns wasn't supposed to be there. He's like, "Well, if it if it's supposed to be there, it won't burn." You know, your true identity, your true person in me with me, that will never be burned. It's eternal. Your nature, it's my nature, cuz you're created in my image. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Choosing to stay in these. Peace, patience, man. Trials come, fear comes, and it is the pressure that tries to steer us out of our abiding in peace and kindness and goodness and patience and trusting in Him. And sometimes, even when we don't feel it, the answer to the promotion of what we're going through is choosing to abide in Him even in its discomfort. I've seen so many people that go around the same mountains. Many have listened to this right now. They go around the exact same mountain because they run from anxiety and fear. And the answer of their life, the answer to breakthrough into growth is, is right on the other side of that, what they see as a barrier of that fear and that anxiety of dealing with it, of walking through it. Instead of, skirt, I'm out. You know what I mean? And they play in and out with God, with light, with walking in the true fellowship, right? Because they want to run from something when God's like calling them right on into it. He's like, yeah. I mean, golly, what's a Jordan Peterson say? I know he's secular, but I like him still. But it's just like every, you know, psychology, it's like they understand the fastest way in delivering people from anxieties and, peace and fears is to have them voluntarily face it. The reality is, is that God's with us in everything. And the fear of the Lord is the opposite of being afraid. It's God consciousness. Even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I know that I'm conscious that he's actually there with me. See, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were living in that truth. And they were, they were living in it so much, I won't say that they knew, but they almost completely knew that he was going to be with them. He won't let us. But even if he does let us burn, still ain't bound down. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're like 80% sure that he was with them he wasn't going to burn them. But there's that point, well, 50%. It might even, I don't know what it was, what the percentage was. It doesn't say. It just says seven times hotter. But seven times is the nature of that spirit that, that abides within us. It is the Holy Spirit. You know, And even that, it will rest upon him. It stays with you. It doesn't go away. I've heard some of the you know, great theologians when I was young would teach about the Holy Spirit's like a dove and it's skittish. So if you manifest, if you get frustrated or you say a bad word or do something, he he floats off like a dove, you know? And it's like, yeah, that sounds cute and all and got a lot of amens, but it's just, it's against the Bible and it's actually demonic, you know, because it's not true. You know what I mean? It's like Jesus hanging around with sinners and tax collectors, people drinking all, you know, all these different things. And he wasn't flying, oh, I can't. I gotta, I gotta, I got fl- float. I got float away from y'all. You know what I mean? That's the spirit of God in, embodied in a person. You know, a woman caught in adultery in the very act of it, and he's on the ground, like, "Hey, listen, I'm not condemning you. It's time to have a different walk, though." <laughs> the fear of the Lord has everything to do with remaining in Him and abiding in Him. You know, fear causes us to be isolated isolated, feel isolated and separate when in reality it's, it's an actual lie, yeah. you know? And the answer is always coming to him. It's always following following him in it, you know? It's not letting go of him. Yeah, Shadrach and Meshach, they, they refused to let the pressures that were around them change who they were. I mean, the system already tried to change their names, change their identity, all these different things to them. They really did. The system tried to force them into, into being eunuchs, if, if you read the story. So, I mean, it's, it's, I didn't think about that. But for the times we're living in, tried to tried to change their sexuality, tried to change everything about them. You know what I'm saying? But it didn't matter to them at the core of their heart. It's not who they were. They were his, you know. It didn't matter what they could do to them. Another thing they wouldn't bow to is a golden image. That's another thing that people, you, you see it written, you know, the love of money being the root of all evil. And, um, but the, real, the realization there's a love of money, yeah, it brings power, but it's also security. It is, man. It's like, because we're afraid. But if you have enough money built up, you can keep yourself safe, allegedly. You know what I mean? And it's just like they weren't bowing to that system. They weren't bowing into that rat race. They weren't bowing to that gold. Uh, They weren't bowing to the identity that they had been given to those other gods. No, sir. You know, it was different. It was different for them. The war that we are in is the war to abide. I like it, man. I like peace like rain, I like abiding in peace, but we were actually created to actually go to war. And to me, that makes me feel like I come alive when I hear stuff like that. I don't know about you, but it's like, the thing about, about the church, what Jesus said anyways, Matthew 16, is that the gates of hell won't prevail against it. Yes. That is to be fruitful and multiply. We're called to be healed, we're called to be whole, we're called to walk through fire and and trial and pressure with God and gain the understanding. Hey, I'm having a hard time right now, I'm super stressed out, or I'm feeling pressure, I'm feeling pain in my heart, I ask you to heal me of that place. I release forgiveness to this situation, to this person, I ask you to heal me of that stuff. I understand that I'm having fear from, you know, the way I was raised or, you know, it's, we can have all, all, all kinds of things going on. But when we're God conscious, we're like, Hey, I know you're in this and you're producing something great. Cause your plan is to purpose uh, is, is purpose. It is destiny. It is wholeness. It is advancement. And um, I ask you to lead me into that truth. I'm going to choose to abide in you. I'm going to choose to follow you in this. This is the walk of maturity. And what this ends up ha- resulting in is the promotion. That Shadrach and Meshach add. It is the wholeness. It is the healing of heart. It is the, he makes all things new. Like, oh my gosh, I didn't know you were adding something wonderful. Thanksgiving starts to come out of us. We start to be the poster kids for the, for the Lord. The poster children. The, the living epistles. The living advertisements. Like, this is where he's leading so many people. And it's the maturity of the, of the sons of God. That Romans 8. It says, those who are led of the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. In other words you cannot be led by fear don't be led by pressure don't be led by pain don't contort your identity for anything see him as he truly is you're meant to reflect that image walk with him and follow his spirit in all things and the doors of opportunity of of purpose of destiny and of this war will be unlocked to you because the gates of hell won't prevail against it it just makes me so happy to think that way. I don't know why. I do know why. It's DNA. Yeah. Spiritual DNA. The gates of hell won't prevail. Like, yeah. ooh. He wants us whole, but he also wants us, the rivers of living water to flow from our inmost beings to those who actually need it. Because then there's other people that are, that are bound, that are hurt, that are going through drama. Where, the, where hell itself is has set up its gates and its boundaries in their lives. And now we get to take shots and swing. Yeah, who doesn't like to get a little fight going on every once in a while, get a little, a little couple kicks and a couple, an elbow or something, man. We get to do that, that's our life. Be fruitful and multiply and subdue the, the bad guys. Yeah, man. hmm Well, everything we go through is meant to manifest the glory of God. Everything we go through is meant to manifest the reality of His goodness in the earth. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your goodness and kindness towards all of us. I thank you for the fear of the Lord. This, this the Holy Spirit and the spirit of the fear of the Lord, this reality. Lord, I ask that, I ask that your, the, your, the fear of the Lord, the wonder of God, the brilliant wonder that you're actually with us and around us, that we would even start to see every situation we're in from an elevated view, from a heavenly view, with our minds set on things above. Even the, the things that are going on in the natural world to actually step back and see them for what you're doing in our own hearts to grow us, to promote us. The authority you're calling us to walk in that you're wanting to bestow on us that you're leading us into. I thank you that you are the good shepherd and you, and you've, you are desiring to lead us into abundant life. Every single one of us. And all we, all we need to do is follow you and know you. Our true our true father Amen